Salty Dogs Podcast. Hope you're ready for the next episode. This is the next episode. <laughs> Serving up a hot one. Casey wishes he would have grown up on West West Side, so he could have been on the uh, on the intros to yeah. some of the uh, Death Row records. Oh, man, Death Row, back in the day. Are we going to start by talking about gangster rap on the West Coast? <laughs> I don't think that's the way we're going to no, start. No. We will quickly move on. Mm, and with that. <laughs> and with that, welcome to the Salty Dogs episode. You got Jason here and you got Casey on the mic. Mm. And back at the table for round two is ding, 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 ding. Mr. Pocky. Yes, What's sir. up, brother? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hello, somebody. <laughs> hello. Uh, somebody. Hello. Lights are on. Nobody's That's over. right. That's right. You ought to see his hat. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so tell me why you have that hat on. Who made it for you? Uh, actually, I, I made it. <laughs> you made it for yourself. You hand stitched that. That's that's yeah. custom embroidery. You're a seamstress. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> and so Pocky's back. Uh, if you guys listened to a couple episodes ago, we listened to Pocky's testimony, and uh, he was telling us about street ministry here in uh, in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. And we heard some powerful testimony about how he was. Um, it was lit, fam. Saved off the streets of Hawaii. Yeah. And. Uh, Went into a, a discipleship home, yep. had his life wrecked, yeah. and then the Lord called him to ministry here in Wichita, Kansas. And so with him, also a part of uh, Church on the Street, and I guess your official title is Associate Pastor of Church on the Street in Wichita, Kansas. We have Senor Araki Gallardo. Yes. <laughs> <Is that> how- <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Rocky I'm, said he's going to give just, us... <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> he's yes. going to give us one-word answers tonight. <laughs> All yes. one word. Is that right? Yep, yep, that that's that's the title that they gave me, as Pocky says. Yeah. <laughs> that's the title they gave him, yeah. yeah. They wanted to fit you in a box somehow, so they had to give you a title so that that's you a big box. fit into that box. Tried dodging it like the Matrix, but <laughs> yeah. not that fast. <laughs> You're not the one. <laughs> that's awesome. So we're excited to dive back into this conversation on um, homeless ministry, street ministry, um, specifically in the Wichita, Kansas context. And I, um, what do you think, Casey, what do you think... Uh, in, in diving into an episode, a uh, second episode, the next episode yeah, um, about this, <laughs> you you were the one at the end of the last episode, you were kind of, and, and I agreed to it, but Casey was like, man, there's just so much to talk about. We've got to get round two going. And so there is, there's a lot you, to talk about. Where do you, well, specifically discipleship within, because <clears throat> we're used to, you know, or specifically I am used to, uh, you know, just churches where it's kind of, you know, in a building and then everybody departs in their cars to their homes and, you know, like just... The follow-up, like, what's that look like? Discipleship, what's that look like? Like, you know, when all your cats are strung across the street, you know what I mean? Like, all over the city, like, what does that look like? The follow-up and uh, just operating with with limited funding, just, I mean, the way that operates in general, you know, uh, with no walls, no boundaries, you know, and that's... It's an interesting dynamic. It's extremely interesting. And just the the stuff that we were talking about last last time was just blowing my mind, you know, about the lack of care, you know, even though people say they care and they don't care, imagine that. I mean, I don't know how that would happen, but, you know. <laughs> you mean people are all talk and no walk? Sometimes. Mm. Not everybody. Some people. <laughs> Me. I've got to give the <laughs> preface. Some people. You've been prefaced. You've so, been prefaced. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that. There's then, that character coming out, Rocky. Y- yeah. yeah. And then, uh, what else? What, what else was I so amped about what was going well i think one of the things I, I remember kind of diving into and we can get into this as we keep going but was kind of uh, some of the some of the the problems that people come to you with and how you discern who you're going to help and how you're going to help them and then also why some people are on the streets like there's mental health and there's addiction so we want to dive into some of that 
So just to kind of give you a little bit of a roadmap and some of the points we're going to some of the places we're going to stop at and talk a little bit. But where I want to start is I want to give Rocky a little bit of time to tell us some of his story, because I've heard his testimony as to how he was moved to begin ministering to people on the street. And I think it's it's pretty powerful stuff. So would you share that with us? Yeah. Yeah. Just give us the hour long version. Okay, hour long version. How far back do you want me to go? (laughs) Um, So I gave my life to the Lord when I was 26. And, uh, you know, I did all my did all my deeds and did all my my drinking and and the whole nine yards before that. So when I gave my life to Christ, I I was uh, fortunate enough to have some, you know, Christian brothers around me that were also my friends prior to being saved. You know, they were definitely instrumental. Um, Very avid churchgoers. Avid in the church, avid in church tradition, you know. And um, so when I got saved, I I uh, couldn't rub two Bible verses together, but I just knew that I wanted Jesus, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, didn't get saved at a church. Actually, got saved through my uh, through my wife. Um, she was a Christian, and she kind of sat us down and um, witnessed to me. And and I told her, oh yeah, I've, I've been to church. I've been baptized, and you know, I didn't know anything. And so how and long ago was this? This is when I was like, tw- well, I met her when I was twenty five. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you guys have been married how long? Uh, we got married when I was tw- uh, just after I turned 27. I'm just trying to so, make so sure was, you remember when you got married. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I, I do remember. To, 2010. Tried to, tried to catch you slipping. Yeah, July 31st, 2010. That was malicious. Yeah. Oh, got he's it. got it. He's got it. He, <laughs> are, are you listening, Hope? He, yeah. He, he, he put his shoe up on the table. He has it written on the bottom oh, of yeah. the sole so he can remember. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so, you know, a lot of people, they do an altar call. Why, why I got saved is reading the Bible. Um Really wanted to date Hope, um, and so I really read my Bible, knowing that she was a church-going girl. Um, I had a little bit of a knowledge of, of Scripture, because I had gone a little bit when I was in, in teens and stuff, but it was just, there was girls at church, so that's why I went. And That's why, uh, every, that's why everybody goes. Yeah, I mean, really, that, that's why. I mean, I went, honestly. Yeah. Casey met his wife at church. I met, I met my I met wife at church. Yeah. My, uh, my best friend went to church. He told me there was girls there, so so we went to church. Um, and... Uh, and I don't remember, you know, specifically when we when I bowed my head and and, and prayed the prayer, but there was sure. a, a distinct difference. You know, it was probably yeah. about three four month difference. And and um, following in a tradition because that's you know, if if you give your life to the Lord, what do you do? You go to church. Go to church. Right? And so um, so I went to church and and answered the altar call and and uh, stayed at my first church for about a year and a half. One of my buddies um, always told me about his church, and I wanted friends. Uh, me and my wife are pretty introverted, so. Um, and we went where we already knew people, sure. and so we went to that church. Well, this whole time, of course, you're reading the Bible, and you and and immediately, um, I begin to question the church because things don't match in America what? when you read the Bible. Yeah, yikes! <laughs> Come on, and, uh, and so so ouch. It, yeah, hello, somebody. <laughs> I gotta get a, I'm gonna post a picture of Homeboy's hat, and then it's gonna be a little bit a little bit more funnier. Yeah, that a little bit funnier. So, Sorry, Rocky. Go uh, ahead. No problem. So, jeez, uh, Rocky's treating the church like Mayweather treated Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I let the church carry on for about four years, and then I put it away. Yeah, um, <laughs> four, four, four rounds, and I went ahead and took them uh, out. Yeah, uh, it was ten. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, you know, but it was about four rounds where the, where the tide turns. Yeah. So um, <laughs> true. That's true. another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I was, it was funny because I, I began to ask questions right away, and I would always I would tell my friend, me, me and my buddy, were, we were real close, and we talked a lot, worked together, and uh, I had known him since he was 19. I, and um, I, my, I would always hear my questions come across the pulpit after a while because he was real tight with, uh, with the pastor's son who was the associate pastor. And, oh. yeah, so I would ask these questions and things of that nature. Yeah. So, 
So time goes on, time goes on. I even put my questions away for a while thinking, well, maybe I'm just like not like being a good Christian, you know, yeah. like maybe I just need to stop. Because good Christians don't think, Rocky. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm going against the they grain. They do. Yeah, so, so there was probably about a year or two where I put it away. During that time also, I got sidetracked with... Um, with sermons, became a, a sermon chaser, you know, listen to every sermon that certain pastors would would preach and, and uh, things of that nature. So I began to get my scripture and my, my feeding secondhand. Um, so that went on for a while. Finally, the, the way I... And I'm going somewhere with this. All ties together. No, it's okay. good. You <laughs> tell your story, bro. Tell okay, your story. So, so, so it was kind of weird. So I was doing this, and I would still read the Bible on my own, but, it, but I would always go somewhere else. I didn't understand that, so I'd go and find a sermon. On and on and on and on. Um, several years in, I made contact with a friend uh, that we were actually friends as as kids, and then come to find out we both gave our life to the Lord, and, and uh, we began to talk, and he knew, um, I disagreed with this doctrine, it didn't sit well with me, um, but he knew it better than I did, and I got tired, I was like, well, I got to find that sermon online to, to argue, you know, so I got tired of that, um, and so I began to study deeply for myself, and that's when the questions came back, and this time... You know, I just trusted the Lord to increase me opposed to uh, trusting man, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, so I, I just began to dedicate myself. Um, and I read, uh, kind of going all of this as well, I read um, Crossing the Switchblade. Uh, David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson. Read Crossing the Switchblade. Um, he talked about when he got, I began to hunger for more, and he kind of talked while well, he had put his TV away, put his distractions away. Um, would spend two hours at night uh, praying and reading the Word and things of that nature. So I copied him. I was like, okay, well, I'll start doing that. And, um, I mean, just exponential growth. I mean, I started understanding stuff. I started so to be you, a, you dedicated two hours a night to Scripture reading and prayer, and you grew in your faith. Yeah, surprisingly, right? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Take that to the bank. <laughs> and uh, and so still going to this church, you know, begin to ask the questions. And, and as I'm reading, and, and I was an usher, and... and um, you know, faithful to the church and, and, and the whole nine yards, and um, still asking the question, still growing as a Christian. Well, I finally, it, it didn't match, and, and I, I started to get frustrated. In addition to that, you know, I worked for UPS, and so I would deliver a lot of the times in the, uh, in the hoods. You know, you deliver to, to Plainview and, and South City and places like that, and you get a burden for the lost. Um, I grew up poor, so I remember a lot of that stuff. Mm. Um, and so it all came together, and I finally was done. I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I called, called up my, uh, so, so real quick, just kind of make a statement about your, um, uneasiness. Like what were you feeling? What was going on? Well, well, I, 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 so in addition, okay, there's a couple of details I left out. I guess part of when I begin to grow, I begin to think, well, what can I do to have the biggest impact in the kingdom? Right. Yeah. You know, I just considered myself a lay person had no, I didn't think I had any capacity for teaching. Okay. I just was a straight worker. Well, I thought, okay, well I can evangelize. I can just tell people about Jesus. That Uh has a huge impact. I was like, I'll go in the ghetto, walk around, you know, find people that are hurting and just be like, Hey, you know, and just talk to them about the Lord. Well, there was no training for that in the church. It was the most foreign concept. There was no true evangelism. Um, I began to recognize their outreaches for what they were, which was, was, um, uh, marketing, marketing, yeah, corporate America come by my brand, you know, um, type of thing, and and it just yeah, didn't know, yeah, <laughs> didn't uh, didn't sit well with me, and and so that was probably the biggest thing. I just wanted training and equipping. Um, I went, so you're so you're thinking like you're young Christian, you're going to church, you're serving in a church, you're spending time reading and praying, you're growing, um, you and you also didn't come to faith through like. A, traditional 
evangelism. You're reading the Bible and the Lord revealed himself to you through scripture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then you're saying I'm growing, I'm reading the Bible. I'm not seeing things line up. I want to go make an impact. What if I just preach the gospel to people when I see them in yeah. a neighborhood out on the streets and there was no training for that? No, no, there, there was no were. equipping, no anything. There was no, um, there was positions for service. You know, you could be the best usher that you wanted to. And there was, there was things of that nature, but um, there wasn't any real training. You know, Bible yeah. study was lacking and, and things of that nature. And, and um, no, no outreach to the poor, mm-hmm. um, which what my heart was. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit of that funny fire you know, kind of uh, sensationalism going on type of stuff. And I was like, well, I, I feel like... That the, didn't line up either, did it? Well, the way it was, because I figure if the Spirit's going to be poured out, then we're going to be winning a lot of people for the Lord. Like, I would think that would go hand in hand. But it wasn't. It was no. just a bunch of people speaking in tongues. It was and... a bunch of people dancing around and going home, and that was it. Now, if they danced around and spoke in tongues, and then we were just saving people left and right, we had access completely to them. I mean, di- completely different. Completely different, yeah. exactly. So... That's what I wanted. I wanted to preach the gospel to the poor, um, put my hands on on people that uh, that were hurting. Um, and in, in addition to this, kind of something, an, another burden, the same friend. Um, my wife works as a nurse, and she would come home and tell me about like homeless people losing limbs, you know, toes and fingers here, here Diabetes and Diabetes uh, and all that stuff. No, just uh, everything. Cold weather, just just cold weather. Dang. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You know, and I mean, I got a whole closet full of shoes. So. Um, that kind of put a burden on me, went out with a buddy one time, just trying to, you know, find, uh, find some homeless people while, while it was cold. So, so this all goes together. It's all rolling. It's all hand in hand. It all goes together. And finally the bubble burst and, um, I just couldn't go to that church anymore. And I didn't really know of any church that was doing this, but I was in search, right? I I was like, okay, well, I, I trusted the Lord that I would, um, that he would guide me. So I called him up on a Thursday, told him I was leaving. That Saturday, went to a conference, met Pocky. He invited me to church on the street that Sunday, mm-hmm. and have been there ever since. Um, did find other, like, kind of a traditional church to go to just, just for family structure, um, but but my, you know, my heart, my service, and eventually my family service once my children grow up uh, and they can actually, you know, be outdoors, um, I, it'll, it'll family service, but um, and so I've been there ever since. It's pretty wild, yeah. I, when I talked to you, you you kind of had told me the story with a little bit more emphasis on how one day your wife came home and told you, yeah, there was some homeless guy there, and he we had to amputate his toes because his feet froze because he yeah. didn't have socks or shoes in the wintertime. Yeah, yeah that, that was... And, um, and that just kind of... That was did huge. something in you. Yeah, that was that was a spark. The fuel was there with the reading and the prayer and the growing, yeah. and then that was a huge spark. And that that happened shortly before I yeah. before I left, and it and it was a big deal. I mean, you were kind of like not in my city. Yeah, yeah, yeah like like in my that's I remember distinctly telling like I was ashamed, I was embarrassed, uh, you know, praying to God like in my city, people's toes are falling off, and I have shoes in my closet, and and I wasn't aware of this, you know, yeah. I didn't know about this um, because I. You know, sad. I went to a church that didn't care about people with no shoes, and and I don't, and I've been to several churches, and I don't hear it from you know from several of these other churches. Or if you see them, you know they come out once a month, and that was all. It was just I just wanted to find something that that's what they did. They yeah. they ministered to the poor and to the lost of the lost sheep, and that's yeah, what so, I wanted. So you would take a a pretty, and this isn't meant to, meant to like thrust us into some deep theological. Yeah. <laughs> conversation about Do it. Uh, literally l- reading the Bible literally versus whatever. But um, 
you take a little literal interpretation of Jesus saying, if you've fed the hungry, if you've clothed the naked, you, you've done these to the least well, of these. Well, absolutely. I mean, I don't you've see a reason to not to. We were going to take it in I a mean, poetic what, figurative I mean, format and not do it. Like, I mean, wasn't that his? Wasn't that Jesus' <laughs> yeah. ministry? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, that's it. I mean, he wasn't in a building every Sunday, man. Yeah, you know? there's, there's, there's some, you know. But when and, and the, the trippy thing is when he wasn't, I think, in a building. I mean, he he taught correctly, but he rebuked the self righteous leaders, you yeah. know. And so, um, yeah, I, I take a literal. I take a literal. Uh, approach to that absolutely yeah but but you know i also i grew up pretty poor i mean i've had holes yeah. in my shoes mm-hmm. and things of that nature so. so you know what it's like yeah yeah, yeah my heart goes out so to kids. so tell me Rocky, tell me just a little bit about when you first met rocky and he first got involved in in ministry so you've known him how long now um what three four years no, it hasn't been that long. Two, three no, years. Two, yeah. two, three years. Two, three years. So yeah. give us. So give so us your. I, I knew Rocky from yeah. UPS because I also work for UPS. Rocky, okay. Rocky's a, a, a South Center driver, which is he does all routes south of Kellogg here in Wichita. Yeah. And I'm a North Center driver, which I do routes north of Kellogg. Uh-huh. So we've known each other. We've seen each other at at, at UPS. You know, working mm-hmm. and just kind of like the high buy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, at the conference that we were at on a Saturday. Was that a work conference or? It was like a, a men's conference. Okay, men's conference. And okay. um, it was um, held here in Wichita, and we it was a breakfast kind of men's conference kind of thing. And um, uh, I seen Rocky in the line, you know, going, you know, uh, to get breakfast. And I kind of, I think I had kind of seen, uh, like, he was searching. Either I, I heard it that he was searching or I could see it. You know, I couldn't, I can't remember. But I, you know, went there and I talked to him and, you know, in the line and we kind of just, you know, how you doing this and that. And, you know, he kind of shared that story with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was with the. Yeah. I talked um, about how I, I think I left my church. I didn't, you know. Yeah. Tell all of it, we didn't go yeah. in detail, but he, he kind of just gave me a little yeah. icing on top. You know what yeah, was Pocky going was on. was a stranger at that point. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know. And being an introvert, you're like, who's this guy? Yeah. 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 So no, I, I know who he was. Yeah. yeah like, so, <laughs> so we walked up. We've been doing church on the street already, you know, established and been there yeah. doing that for a while now. And so he was uh, kind of searching, and I just told him, I said, man, um, come, you know, come and uh, check out, you know, what we do on Sundays, because I feel that that's where your heart is at, you know, and that's exactly what we do. So like he said, you know, I invited him to come um, that Saturday to our service on Sunday, and he's been there ever since. And so... Uh, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. probably, yeah, maybe okay. two. Two, a little bit, maybe over two yeah. years, two you yeah. know, but around there. Coming up on three. It'll be yeah, three in like September, on. October. Yeah. Because yeah. it's an annual conference. So I don't want, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's, and so, you guys, tell me just a little bit about, I guess, the ministry dynamic, the leadership dynamic between you two. Like, how does that work? Oh, man. I, um, you we're know, still figuring people, that one out. Yeah, yeah. We're still <laughs> trying to figure it out. People call us, you know, Rocky, Pocky, Pocky, Rocky. I just yeah. tell them, man, we the, we the left and right hand. <laughs> There you go. You know, yeah. we got the jabs and the hooks, you know. Got, got the holy, the <laughs> holy sidekick. Yeah. One, two combination, you That's know. Right. So, yeah. Pocky's definitely the heart. Dynamic duo. You know, yeah. Yeah, loves people. Uh-huh. Um, grace and truth. Yeah. I, I don't like seeing oh. stuff out of order. Pocky's grace and your truth, huh? Ish, yeah. That's I, a good way of putting it. No, no. I got some <laughs> grace, too. Okay, I love people. I love people. Rocky, um, I, Rocky I'm the same way, man. Like, yeah. Jason's... J- oh, yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. If, if you're, it's true, it's true. I... I I am what you are to Pocky to Jason. You yeah, know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, like really. Yeah. That's I, for sure. You know, there's sure. gotta there's gotta be a balance. Yeah, you know, there's a balance, and Rocky 
hierarchy is well, definitely it, a balance. It know. falls in line with giftedness as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because you know, sometimes I, you know, I, I would give the people tender, loving care. Rocky's the one that kind of gives them the tough love. Uh-huh, but yeah. at the same time, you know, it, it it also, you know, we have to learn how to reverse those roles, as, you know, as well, because we need yeah. to balance both of us in in that True. area. Yeah, you know, so. I look at our relationship as, you know, something that can grow, you know, and, and you know, in ministry and also as our friendship and stuff. You know, it's kind of like uh, Caleb and Joshua or uh, Caleb and Joshua and David and Jonathan, you know. I mean, that's the yeah. type of uh, relationships I really believe that God intended men to have yeah. with one another, yeah. you know, and, and um, grow in that type of relationship. So. When this brother came, when Rocky came to the ministry, he was he was definitely an addition, you know, because yeah. we had other people come and <laughs> and, and uh, they Duh. were a subtraction, yeah. <laughs> trying to take away and not trying to add, you yeah, know. Yeah. And so uh, uh, Rocky definitely has come. You're praying to the Lord, you're like, isn't it about pruning season Man, time? Like you know this? what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, snip, so, snip. Yeah, <laughs> you might not make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to cut it at the root, you know, so it don't yeah, grow yeah. no more, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Rocky definitely uh, got, is God sent, and, and uh, we're uh, very grateful and thankful to him. And also, you know, some of our other brothers and sisters that, that have been out there with us for a while. Yeah, yeah you, got, you got a great crew out there. Man, yeah. you know, it's, it's very few of us, but we're faithful, you know. And so, I mean, he doesn't require numbers. He just requires faithfulness, right? right? That's it. Amen. And obedience, you Amen. know. Amen. That's right. So uh, <laughs> I thank God for Rocky. Now, Rocky has never... Uh, ministered, you know, or preached or anything like that. You know, when he first came out there to church yeah. on the street, he just came with the heart servant. He wanted to serve, hmm. uh, lift tables, set up tables, break down, clean. I mean, that's how we all started. That's how I started. You know, I just came over there. What can I do to help serve? You know, that's all Faithful we want. Small we thing, weren't right? trying to look for positions. We weren't looking for titles. We just wanted to serve. You weren't and taking love. interviews or nothing like that, huh? <laughs> no, put, type, put it. Hey, where's your application? Hey, hey by yeah. the way, where did you get your uh, degree for seminary? Hello, yeah. somebody. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what are your qualifications you, uh, oh, to yeah. do what you're well, doing? Well, you, you, know? you started from the bottom, but now you're on the Saucy Dogs <laughs> podcast. Started bro. from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> oh my gosh! But, no, I love I love that dynamic, man, because that's the way it's supposed to be, man. Yeah. And you know, like I think this is I don't think Rocky's the only one that feels like that. I think there's a there is a growing number of dissatisfied Christians that are saying that this cannot be what this is about. This cannot be, and there is a reformation coming. You know what I mean? Because the the old, sorry, bro, but the old is gonna go, man. Well, the old has got to go. It has, it has to. to. It's not it, yeah. otherwise. It's because it's stagnant. It's a stagnant That's pool. Right. It has to be fresh water coming in and 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 coming out, man. So right. these old people that aren't going to move in their ways, that are setting their ways, bro. Hey, you know their time is coming, and the young people are going to rise up, man. Because man, I, I feel rocky when he says those kind of things. I'm like, man, that's exactly how I feel. Because sometimes I feel like a, a Christian skeptic. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, man, this stuff does not line up. You know, and it's a it, that it causes more pain and more you know struggle in your personal life. You know, it just it's all these things because you have to wrestle with all these thoughts and all these questions and then yeah. you feel bad because you're questioning the Bible and you're questioning Christianity and you're questioning God and God doesn't care that you're answering questions or that you're questioning. He answers yeah. questions. You Amen. seek, you're going to find. You know what I mean? And so that's Amen. what that's all about. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit then. So you were in this place where you're saying, okay, things aren't lining up. I want to evangelize. You know, I, we need a shift. Okay, I got to get out. You meet Pocky, you start ministering at church on the street. So how have things changed, and what have you seen there on the streets that you weren't seeing inside the four walls of the building? Well, um, 
one yeah. interaction with the lost, like as in people that clearly don't know Jesus, opposed to pretending, you know, I wouldn't say pretending, but knowing a lot about the Bible, the unchurched, um, un, like uncut diamonds. A um, lot of opportunity to, to reach, a uh, lot of opportunity for growth. Um, you know, I've been out there for three years. I mean, that first year I was out there, I grew more than the, what, five or four years I spent inside of the church. Um, just that frontline ministry. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's like um, you can do all the training in the world behind the lines, but once you are on that front line doing the fight, you know, the, the experience starts to kind of kick in. That's and, where and you sh- become a veteran. Yeah, and, sharp, and sharpens you and things of that nature. So um, You become salty. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you start getting salty. Um, that's the biggest thing I can say is just interaction with the lost. And that that's, I think, something that, that so many Christians lack. We build these... Uh, like these monasteries around us, you know, Christian music, Christian friends, Christian places, you know, uh, we only read Christian books, things of that nature. And it's like, where do you get the burden for the lost? And so being out there and you start interacting with the people, a lot of that stuff starts sharpening, sharpening you up. The Bible becomes alive. You know, when you read about, you know, Jesus side and things of that nature, he looked upon the masses with compassion. It's, it's like, oh, I see what you're talking about. And it's not just words on a paper, it comes alive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that grows you. And so that would probably be the biggest thing is, is, is when, from being in, inside the four walls, everything was tradition. And then when you're outside, it's like it goes from being 2D black and white to 3D color, mm-hmm. you know, and it just, it, it comes alive. Um, and so that'd be the biggest thing. And, I, and that goes for anybody, I'm sure, that's in frontline ministry, whether whether they're just evangelists that walk the streets, um, but when you interact with with lost people and people that don't know Jesus, um, it it uh, does something to you. It takes a different kind of heart to get out there and be, even be around that. Like you can't be around the lostness and the brokenness, the addiction, the mental health issues, and not be affected. Yeah, yeah, and not be. And I mean, you can't be around that environment and not feel it. Nothing compelled. You know, to reach out to them, to tell them about, you know, Christ or to let them know that yeah, there's a better life, man, mm-hmm. and this ain't it. You know, there's a better plan and this ain't it, you know. And so, yeah. you know, it, it, it's different, man. You know, it's different from playing the game versus sitting on the bench and watching the game, you know. It's, you can still know about the game oh, by sitting yeah. on the bench watching oh, you the know game. know all about you're, it. You have no effect when you're sitting on the bench. You know, you're just a cheerleader, you know, but when you're in the game and in the yeah. trenches, it's a whole different, you know, bullets are flying and, <laughs> yeah, you know, just, you know, spiritually speaking, man, it's just a whole different ball game, you know. But, when it, you're, but it, it took you, I mean, I, I would assume you were uncomfortable on some level. Oh, it was uncomfortable on a, on a ton of levels. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> he did, hey, let let yeah. me tell you, he, did, he didn't want to preach. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he didn't want because th- this is what I encourage everybody that comes to street ministry, church on the street, you know, for the very first time, and they're trying to get involved, or maybe they're trying to see if they want to be involved, you know, and get, you know, if this is their calling. So a lot of times, what I'll do is if they've never shared or spoken, I would have them come out there, and I would just tell them to them encourage, them. Their just testimony. throw them in there. Yeah, yeah, you know, encourage, you know, encourage them to share your testimony with the people because the people don't know who you are. You know, they see yeah. you. Maybe once, twice, or how you know faithful you come. They don't know who you are, but as they begin to hear your testimony, then they know who you are as a person, and yeah. they keep seeing you over and over again. They go, oh, okay, that's Rocky. I remember his testimony. I can relate to that. This and that. Yeah, Th- that's so very different. Like I, you know, when I was growing up and I was in the church and I was like youth or whatever, 
people would always say, oh, what's your testimony? I mean, that was like a thing. People would say, hey, tell me your testimony. And you'd tell them about how you came to know the Lord. And, right. and that was like a question people asked. But now it's, I don't really, but hear, I don't really don't hear, hear about, hey, tell your testimony. Like, I don't hear that a lot anymore. No. But there's so much power in that because it's oh, yeah. your story, it's your oh, yeah. experience. And it's you... Right, and you get to talk about how you didn't know the Lord and all the stupid crap you did, and, and yeah. but then how the Lord saved you and how you're you're a new being and the Lord sanctifying you and has sanctified you and has changed your life and yeah. and that's powerful. It's so very different than standing up and and then saying, "Yeah, my name is Jason Villanueva and I have an MDiv and blah blah." You know, like I'm I'm, I'm not knocking that, but. The credibility is not from the title. The credibility is from the story. Come on, brother. Yes. Right? Come the, on. What is it? The word of their testimony? It, and by the, by, yeah, yeah. By yeah. the word yeah. of their testimony. Overcomers by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. The devil don't want us to be overcomers. No. So, you know, you shut that out, you know, and don't hear the testimony of people. You'll never, you know, if you don't hear a testimony of somebody who's come out of that mess, you know, then you have no hope, you know, yeah. then you, you stay in that mess. But if you hear somebody that has come out of there, been delivered and set free, that gives you hope. I mean, that's that's what, you know, happened with me. You know, yeah. somebody else got saved mm-hmm. and God changed their lives. And I said, man, God can do that for that person. You know, and in this case, it was through a skit, you know, through a drama. And I was like, man, that's my whole life right there. Yeah. You know, there's answers in there. And, and you know, I accepted that. I said, man, if there's hope for, for them, there's hope for me, you know. And when Rocky had shared his testimony for the very first time, and he had never spoken ever, you know, on a mic or to a congregation, let alone the homeless people, you know, and we had a packed out, you know, yeah. uh, service that morning. And I, I man, I don't know, but it, it was a powerful anointed testimony, man. And when he was sharing it, I could see that there were people that, you know, there was a lot of tears that day, yeah. you know, myself included, because it was a powerful testimony about a father and a son and the way he grew up, you know, and like he said, he grew up poor and, you know, there was a lot of other things that, that he hasn't shared, you know, but it was uh, something that the people related to, you know, they seen the hurt, they heard the hurt through his testimony and I'll tell you, it was powerful, man. It was really powerful. And I even asked him after the service. I said, "Man, you never spoke before." He goes, "No." He goes, "This is my first yeah. time." <laughs> you you want to hear? You want to hear something funny? Um, so, when we started the source, and it was December 2014, I started recording all of my sermons, and then I started getting them all on video. And so I made it uh, a point to record all my sermons, and then post them like on YouTube, and then on our website. And so I did that all the way up until when we moved to this building. Um, And the most watched video that we ever posted wasn't me preaching, but it was me interviewing Casey on his testimony. Isn't that interesting? It's like I had maybe 16 views on one of these about how to overcome sin. The other one said Casey's testimony was like 160 views. You know what I'm saying? It's wild. Even today, you know, I don't like, reading Christian books, but I love reading Christian biographies. I mean, yeah. I'll read all about yeah. Hudson Taylor and George Mueller and all those guys, and I love hearing their stories. Because there's power in the story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You love hearing about it, because, yeah, yep. It's amazing stuff, man. We need to have, like, uh, Salty Dogs Podcast testimony. testimony Hour or something. Yeah. Bro, that That's could, good man. stuff. Well, I thought I thought your episode was amazing, man. Yeah, man. Testimony and... Yeah. yeah. Well, this yeah, one too, Rocky. Oh, thank you. Yours is powerful. I mean, I mean, it's I have okay. no yeah. problem being second best. I mean, it's I'm not. No gonna get, I mean, it's not going to get 160 views. 
kidding. Maybe 159. Just all these people in Derby and Mulvane and Wichita are like, Casey's what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That man. fool did what? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So so let's kind of uh, segue and, and let's talk about some of the things that we just mentioned at the beginning. So like discipleship in the homeless, uh, discerning how, I mean, Pocky talked a little bit about how he watches the crowd and sees who responds and then he'll go to them and kind of, you know, talk to them about how he can help it. You know, I want to hear from you also. How do you discern? Like you, you have someone who comes up to you and they give you a story. It's like what goes on in your mind. And so just kind of some of those things. Let's, let's dive into And then also on to, to back that, like my, my real question is, is when you're telling, you know, cause everybody's like, Oh, uh, it's going to get better, brother. Hold on. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a better, when you say there's a better life, like, but you're talking to these well, guys I, and they're I, looking at you I like, don't say that. They're, but, yeah. They're, yeah. I bet they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like what, what's the real, you um, know? I, I mean, I speak for myself. I, I don't want to say, well, this is what you should do. But, um, you know, like I said, I, I, um, I, I do my best to obey the Bible, you know I mean? Uh, and so, I, I spent a lot of time kind of looking at how uh, the Lord dealt with the lost, and He doesn't shy away from it. There is no, you have a hole in your heart, and I'm the only person that can fill it. It's, you know, you're a sinner, and if you die in your sins, you're going to go to hell. That's okay, because I'll wash you clean. If you give your life to me, I get your whole life, um, and then I'm going to grow your heart after you humble yourself and give me your whole life. Um, so there's been, you know, when people come up first off and, and talk to you and tell me their story and stuff, I first thing I do is listen. Right. Yeah. 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 First thing I do is listen. Um, listen to, ask them questions. Make sure I get the details right. You know, I try to remember their name. Um, use their name. Uh, be friendly with them. You know, I don't look down at them. You know, you got to control your facial features. You know, you don't want to look disgusted when they tell you. You know, these. Uh, if you have a homosexual meth addict coming up and sharing his story, talking about how you know he he was beaten by you know this guy over here that I'm hanging out with, I don't want to look at him like you. What you know, like how yeah. you're so lost, like you know, I don't know it's, what to do. That's so, interesting. Let me let me just pull focus onto something that you you said. You said I listen to their story, right? Try to remember their name. Try and yeah. remember. I remember that's, their name. I use key. their name. That's key. But here here's something that really changed the way that I interact with um, homeless street people, whatever you want to call them. People at Quick Trip. We all we've yeah. all been there. We've all seen them. They're all there. Mm-hmm. They oh, man. they ask for money. They ask for food. They ask for these things. But one of the things that um, yeah. changed the way I interact with those kind of people is simply looking them in the eye and treating mm-hmm. them like humans. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Come yeah. On. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. They're just lost, very lost, uh, the lost of the lost. And, and so, um, so that's the biggest thing, yeah, treat, treating them like humans, treating them with respect, uh, li- like I said, listening to their story. And, and I ask questions, and I'll interact, and I'll call them if their story doesn't match. Um, and, and things of that nature. And so you kind of discern who's, like I said, who's, who's pulling your leg and who's not. Um, that's hard. That comes with time and experience. I have given money to homeless people in retrospect shouldn't have, you know, but you, you, you live and learn, uh, at the very least, no matter what, um, regardless if their story doesn't match two things I'm willing, always willing to do is feed them and clothe them. Um, no matter what, I don't care if they tell me the biggest lie. Um, but, um, and then I use the word. Um, one of the one of the the distinct time that I remember was the time we met um, our friend. You know, I don't want to say anybody's name. I guess we met our friend at that outreach, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember him. You know, the the, the temptation is like, oh, it's okay. You know, the, just give your life to Jesus; it'll all get better. Well, that's not true. That's a lie. You know, that's not what the Bible says. So I didn't say that. And I just remember sitting down with him and thinking, uh, 
thinking like, man, what am I going to tell this guy? Well, he's, he's, you know, if he dies in his sins, I mean, all of that stuff is very bad, but maybe it's for a purpose. Maybe it's to bring him to this moment where he humbles himself before the Lord and gives his whole life to Jesus Christ and repents of his sins. So we sat down and went through Psalm 51. Um, and I, and I told him the same thing and I, and kind of the word of my testimony, you know, I've, I've been a sinner. I've been there. I've walked these streets drunk, you know, right over here and, and, in old town and things of that nature. So I identified with him. Um, and then I told him, I was like, and, and I told him exactly what I just said. Maybe those things were to get your attention. You know, God loves us and he'll do whatever it, whatever it takes to get our attention. Um, I can't necessarily say all your problems are going to go away. They may be orchestrated, um, but you, you won't go through it alone, you know, and, and, and I mean, you'll, he'll always be there with you. Yeah. Um, and he'll change your heart. And that's, that's kind of how, how I approach it. That's how I approach it. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. get all sermony on him. Every sure. situation is different, but I don't, I don't do the whole, you have a Jesus shaped hole in your heart type of thing. I listen, <laughs> um, I listen to their sin, you know, and what they say, um, identify with them and, and, um, call it for what it is. But kind of like, you know, I, I like uh, one of my favorite things is John chapter three. Um, when I, you know, give, give my, my altar call, if you want to say it, um, my salvation message is, is just kind of quote or paraphrase that. You know, God loved the whole world. He gave His only begotten Son. Um, Jesus didn't come in this world to, con- to condemn the world, but to save it because the world is condemned already. Mm-hmm. So look, man, I'm not insulting you. Jesus says you're condemned. I'm sorry, but He came to save you, and then yeah. go from there. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot different. And the whole time I'm doing this, I'm being kind. I'm being nice. I'm being polite. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if, if I need to, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll make physical contact with putting my arm around their shoulder if I feel it's necessary. I'm not being a jerk about it. Um, not snub my nose, like I said, control my facial features, but that's kind of how you approach them. You just talk to them. I mean, they're people. Yeah. You know, so. it, it's funny because if you've ever watched certain people <clears throat> when they, when they pass people on the street who look like they've got something going on, it's either they freeze and they don't know what to say or do when someone approaches them and say, Hey, you know, do you have a dollar? And then some people have already practiced enough to where they know how to like look away and look down yeah. and check their phone or look into their purse as they're walking yep. by so they don't have to look people in the eye. It's, it's real interesting. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. So I guess, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. No it, no, it does. Okay. <laughs> it does. I mean, I just know that, I, I just know that, you know, it, almost every Wichita has had somebody come up to them and say, Hey man, I'm really sorry, but you do have eight dollars. My car broke down, and my family's over here waiting, and they're on the other corner. And I was just, you know, trying to get some money so we can get back to, to Oklahoma. And it's like, you know, oh, yeah. you need eight bucks to get to Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Like we've had those yeah, stories. Oh, yeah, quite yeah. Quite yeah. So, so you know what I say? Oh, where, where's your car at? Hey, let's go push it to the gas station. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I've said that. Yeah. No, I just the other day we were on our way. Um, like two, <laughs> just the other day we were on our way. So. We were driving to church. We were going to have a potluck dinner, you know, and it's what we do like once a month. And so there was a guy standing on the corner just up here at like Central and um, Waco. And he was standing out there with a sign that said, hungry, need food. So I rolled down the window and I was like, hey, man. And I and I kind of I kind of sense like this dude. Yeah, <laughs> this guy. Yeah, you can use a restroom. <laughs> this dude was. <laughs> this dude was like, um, it, you know, he's he's standing there looking at me, and I'm like, hey, if if you're really hungry, just two blocks up the road at Central and Market, there's a big church. Go into the south entrance at five o'clock, which is in 15 minutes, and we're gonna have a meal. And so, if you're really hungry, you can come eat. Like. We'd love to have you. And he's like, oh, okay. Do you think he showed up? No. No. 
Yeah. Why not? Because there's a hustle. Because it was a hustle. (laughs) Yeah, so I... Because, I mean, we've had people come up and ask, you know, hey, man, can I get $5, you know, to get gas? I ran out of gas, you know, and whatnot. And I said, well, let's go to the gas station, you know, and and they won't, you know, we'll fill up your tank. You know, let's go to the gas station, man. They'll say, no, that's okay, never mind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where's your car at, you know? And so it's just, it's, you know... And it sucks, and it sucks because it's, that's... Sometimes, you know, because I've been there, you know what I mean? I've been in the place where I've been asking people, hey, man, let me get $5. But without even, with no shame, because I'm not looking at the shame, I'm looking at what I need next, you know what I mean? And so, and it just becomes a way of life, you know, and it's, it it just sucks that that's the way that that is, you know what I mean? That you have to, that we, that you have to be on guard and you can't treat every person like, you know, like you would me. Like Jason would give me five bucks if I asked it for it. Matter of fact, bro. You owe me money. All right. So, <laughs> so, so, love holds no record of now, wrongs. Now I know who to ask. <laughs> yeah, but it just it just sucks. But you got to be on guard. You yeah. know, on, yeah, you, uh, completely you on guard. To. And you know that comes. You know when you were when you're out there and you see the same people over and over again, and then you see some new faces. You know that you kind of comes with the experience and territory. You you kind of know after hearing their stories. You know. Who's who's who and what's what out there? You How know? many people are you guys seeing? Like actual, actually, I'm not saying this as numbers, but I'm I'm interested to know. How many people on the street? Because I, whenever I go up and down Broadway, I mean that place is always you know, and I see some of the same faces, oh. you know, some of the same faces of those guys you know over there at the Lord's Diner and stuff. But like, how many of those people have you seen that are out honestly giving their lives and like changing, you know, and and like you can see change and you see the fruit. Not of your ministry, but the fruit of the spirit living inside of them. Like, how many people you know? Or d- does it happen often, or is this like a really is it a really hard tack and gruel kind of kind of ministry where you just got to kind of keep at it and keep at it and keep at it? It's something you have to keep at it, yeah. keep at it, keep at it. Also, you know? there's been times like you don't ever see him again, right? You know, there's I've had people come up and tell me. I, so I, I I preached one sermon, didn't didn't really care for it, you know. I didn't think it was any type of powerful or anything. And the guy comes up to me afterwards and says he he had just gotten in, I think, the night before, had been sober for five years, had gotten in on a train uh, the night before, and was contemplating committing suicide. Um, had a fight with his wife, let him let him back back to the bottle, and he says, you know, but I think instead I'm going to call her. I'm going to tonight just sit by the river praying. And, um, and I've never seen him since, you know, and I keep my eye open for him every, every so often. So that's kind of the thing. Sometimes when you touch him, you don't really see him down there. Yeah. Um, the only person I, that I've, and, and it's, it's a very transient group. I mean, you have a lot of the same people cause you know, they, they stay down there and they're just completely lost. But a lot of times when you, you preach them, I mean, there's, there's the same faces, yeah. um, but there's a lot, it's always fluctuating. It's new, always, new crop yeah. comes in, yeah. then they leave. You know, so it's it's hard to track that sort of stuff. So okay. that can make discipleship very difficult. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot, a lot of the our homeless, uh, you know, population and the growth of it is a lot of it is inmates getting released. Mm-hmm. You know, so we see a lot of new faces out there because okay. these inmates get released here to Wichita. This is where they get released out, and they don't get released out from where they actually come from or where they live, where their families are. So there's no support or anything. So they end up being homeless out here in the streets. Man, dude, that sucks. And and it adds up to the population as far as the homeless, you know, population, you know. And so, 
it, it, you know, we always see new faces. Yeah, you know, there's always new faces. People you know? running. Yeah, yeah, people running from the law or whatever or, you know, so it, there's always new faces that we see out there. It's like a revolving door. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. so this is really interesting. And if I can just focus on this for a second, is that I think the heart of a pastor and a church planter, it's a sincere heart. They want to reach the lost. They want to make disciples. They want to do something big for the kingdom. Um, I know what it's like as a church planter to strive to try and build a big ministry. I know what that's like. You, There's something about let's get a bunch of people in a building. Let's, you know, man, it was so awesome. You know, full house today. Let's post it on Instagram. Like, praise the Lord. And, it, I mean, it's a real thing. It, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it, it's a force. It's self. It's pride. It's desiring glory. Like, you know, hey, look at me. I did something right. kind of thing. Um, but you're in a ministry where there's no guarantee that you'll ever have a continual growing congregation mm-hmm. of the same people right. with... Pocky's, yeah. Pocky's even told him he's, he says he says uh, our dream is one day we show up nobody nobody's here that, and that's yeah. that's our desire you know as, as, as far as far as church how about that church woo! strategy that's, you know you, know, you just you here to fellowship but nobody needs minister yeah, we just hang out yeah. you know and 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 I shared that with them I said you know our desire at church on the street here is for us to one day come out here on a Sunday. And there's nobody here to tend to, nobody here to serve, no one here to love, no one here to bring to Christ. Why? Because they're all saved. They're all in churches being plugged in and being discipled and being nurtured and growing and mature in, in spiritual, healthy churches, you know, in the body of Christ. And so that's our desire. We're not trying to grow this homeless ministry. We want to see this homeless ministry decrease, you know, right. and, and the people finding Christ and finding a home in, in So you're not field. looking to score and win the game. You're just no, looking bro. to alley-oop, bro. No, That's it. Yeah, man, we just, we just, you know, I mean, Casey's if, so you, cool if you're wanting, sayings. if we're wanting to grow the homeless ministry, what? Gotta, <laughs> <laughs> there's something, there's wrong. something wrong with you. There's something wrong with, you know, with We got to get more vision. homeless people. Man, there's something wrong with that. And it takes me back to what we, that we gotta brother. Get, we got to get more orphans out here. Yeah. And it takes me back to what my brother told me, my homeless brother told me a long time ago when I first got into the ministry. There's big money in the homeless being homeless. Mm. So, you know. We don't want our ministry to grow. We want it, you know, we want to come out there, man. Everybody say, deliver, set free, and plugged in somewhere. Yep, we you just know? fellowship. Yeah. And we have just church. Man. You know? Yeah. You know? So. That's pretty wild. How about that for a vision? Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Well, everybody's no, trying to but grow. But you know what? <laughs> that, that's pretty amazing. It's like, when was the last time you heard a pastor on stage tell his people, like, hey, we're so excited you're here, but we really wish you weren't here next week <laughs> because then you'd be out on mission. Hello, somebody. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know, you know hey, what man. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, shut her, shut her down. Everybody's out there getting it, getting yep. it, man, getting it, getting you know? it, doing it, working it, man. That's working it for the kingdom, man. Working it for the Father. Yeah, man. that's what Rocky's trying to get us to do on Sunday mornings. We do breakfast and Bible study. He said, and he's like, "Why don't you come out here and serve at church on the street?" And I'm like, "We got Bible study." He goes, "Why don't you get it, get some Bible practice?" <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. I'm telling you, yeah, it's, I always say, man, it's, it's so different, man, from knowing the Bible and living it. Yeah. <laughs> Two separate things. Two yeah. So, so I guess it, I want to make a statement. I want you to tell me how you feel about this statement. 
Um, but first I have to tell you a story. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I was in Houston, uh, how much time do we have? good so when i was in houston uh, i used to drive the same route to work every single day worked in downtown and on the corner uh, when i exited the freeway uh, there was a guy who would sit on the corner and he was i would always ask for money and so i mean you know every once in a while i give him a buck or two it's like oh, i did my good deed for the day i remember one morning i was making a sandwich um for myself for lunch and the Lord put that guy in my mind. He said, why don't you make a sandwich for him? And I was like, I can make a sandwich for him. So I made a sandwich, and um, I exited homeboy sitting on the corner, and I'm like, hey, I made you a sandwich. He's like, thanks. And I was like, no, you need to know that today when I was making my sandwich, I thought about you, so I made you a sandwich. You know. And he's like, hey, that's great. Thanks. You know? I was like, all right, God bless. So the next day, it's like, make him another one. So I make him another sandwich, and... Um, I'm driving, I see him, I give him the sandwich. He's like, hey, thanks. So then the next day, the Lord's like, make him another sandwich. And and I'm thinking to myself, man, I can make this dude sandwiches all day long. What's the Lord trying to do? Um, so I exit, and homeboy's not standing at the corner. And so I drive up a little bit, and he I see him asleep on the sidewalk. And the Lord's like, go give him the sandwich. And I'm like, you mean I got to get out of my car? I can't just hand it out the window? <laughs> Toss it? <laughs> yeah, drive, yeah, I did breakfast in bed, homie. Uh, drive through Christianity. <laughs> That's right, drive yeah. through Christianity, exactly what I'm doing. It's, it's the reverse uh, fast food one. Anyways, and so um, I get out of the car. I wake him up. I'm like, hey, dude. Hey, bro, I, here's your sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> get your, get your bro, sandwich. I'm trying to take it. Hello. Hey. Hello. <laughs> That's messed up. And so I get out and I give him the sandwich and he gets up, he starts eating it. So I just hang out with the guy and I'm like, hey, what's your name? So the Lord, the Lord was showing me like, hey, um, you can make this dude a sandwich all day long. You know, you can make him sandwiches every single day, but what I want you to do is build relationship Break with him. Break bread, brother. Yeah, bread. That, that was an amazing experience for me, and and this was like in 2008, and so I was in Houston in April, and I saw homeboy. He's still on the streets, like he's still out there. His name's David. They call him Pops. He's just this. He's just this older guy. Kind of going blind. It's it's kind of kind of sad, but we got a pops out here too. Yeah, you got a pops out here. <laughs> Anyways, and so I and so it, it was interesting because through that experience back in 2008, I got into some homeless ministry, and I was part of a ministry called Church in the Park, which is kind of the mm-hmm. same thing yeah. you guys do. Yeah. I showed up, we fed people, they had a word, they did some worship, and uh, and I got to minister to homeless people, and we prayed for and met needs, and did all this stuff. Um. It was um, a couple years later that I'm moving to Wichita, and I move here, and I realize there's a homeless population, but then I made the statement, yeah, I see the homeless out there, but I just don't have a, like, I don't think my calling is to minister to the homeless. And so I used to say that, like, I don't feel called to minister to the homeless. And so how do we distinguish ministering to the homeless versus well, I'm called to start a church or I'm called to do this or called to do that. Like how, how, how would you guys, like if I told you Rocky, man, I don't feel called to homeless ministry. What would you say to me? Well, I'll tell you, I don't feel called to homeless ministry. I feel called to tell people about Jesus Christ. Um, and I go after street people and poor people because nobody wants to do that. You know, it's hard. You have to get through the addiction and the mental illness and the years of pain and struggle. I mean, you've heard some horrific stories 
Um, but I don't actually feel I'm called to homeless ministry. I do think I'm called to street ministry and to evangelize to the lost. Yeah. And this is where God has put me. And so my, my burden has increased. Um, and then I would say, uh, if it's just me and you talking, you know, I, this is something I try and keep in my mind, but I'm like, you know, you have to give an account to the Lord. So if you're not doing homeless ministry, I hope you're doing some other ministry. I hope there's somebody else that's lost that you're ministering to. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there's people that maybe are called to evangelize at college campuses or to meet the needs of battered women and, uh, um, or run orphanages and things of that nature. That's fine. That's great. Um, but but uh, if you're doing nothing and then you're also saying you're not called to, uh, to a homeless ministry, then, then what, are you, what are you doing then? Sure. That, sure. That, would be my, that would be my answer. That's typically yeah. what I think in my mind, because I've heard that before. Sure. And that's the answer that I've thought up in my mind. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, and I just, I, I guess I would then ask the question, like, you know, we're, we're all different parts of the body and different parts have different functions. And so your ministry, specifically, you feel a burden to preach to the lost. Well, let's say I have the gift of mercy and um, and I'm a teacher and so I'm in a pastor role and so I'm feeding the flock. Mm-hmm. How would you, what would you say to me in that regard? Uh, good. I mean, equip your people. I mean, as long as you're, you know, I guess training your people up, you know, because mm-hmm. we come here, because in that exact same situation, yeah. we come here to be fed by True. you and people like, uh, you know, McVeigh that you had on, on this podcast and people like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um so that's that's great, but again, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Well, yeah. you're called to that, you know, and that's yeah. good because it's still impacting the the kingdom. Yeah. But I've heard that from people that aren't doing anything, nothing. They're treading water. Yeah, you know, they're very comfortable and their life is very routine. They got band practice at this time because they're going to be playing their three songs that they know very well, mm-hmm. and that's it. Then they're going to go yeah. home and they're going to spend they're more gonna time. Get their songs yeah. played out. And, you yeah, know. you know what I mean. Like that's their life. They're going to and and so can't you just feel the Holy Spirit here? <laughs> yeah. And, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that because there, there's right and wrong, right? And you can't always tell the difference. But I guess that's what I would say. I mean, that's your ministry, and that's great. People sure. like us need to be poured into. Yeah. We specifically come to your church, the source, mm-hmm. and, and disciple nations and people yeah. like that to be poured into. So Amen. that's good. Yeah. Um, and I would still encourage you because I, I do, I think, greatest act of love is tell somebody about Jesus. So don't forget to evangelize your neighbors and people you come in contact with. <laughs> Co-workers. <laughs> so... Um, so call, what call you... specificity, you know what I mean? You know, specific, I believe in, but I also believe that that was a charge from Jesus himself, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that wasn't, and I mean, that was everybody, yeah. you know, to disciple them all. And, uh, you know, I just, I think sometimes people just don't want to get outside of, Oh yeah, I, well, you know. It's and, work. Yeah, it was, I, it was I, work. Uh, it was labor. It was so, to so, disciple. Yeah, so personally, like I... I know the Lord is constantly working in our lives, and he, we have ebbs and flows and ups and downs, hills and valleys. I mean, that kind of thing. Like, there's seasons. I mean, this is this is the way things are. I mean, we can look to creation. We see seasons. I think seasons happen in our spiritual life and things like that. So I had a season where I was, like, actively involved on the street. I didn't care. God, I, was, I would drive through this city praying for a homeless guy to walk around the corner so I could stop and minister. Awesome. I mean, that was this kind of guy. But then I went through this season where I saw homeless people and I had nothing rise up out of me, you know, and it, and I could also say that probably at that time I wasn't as close to the Lord as I was when I was out on the streets kind of thing when I was in Houston. But then I moved here and it's like, the, I, I've been through these seasons. And, and so now I sense within myself, the Lord is moving in me again to like, to be out with you guys, be on the street. I mean, I've got major 
major burden for Houston right now with the floods yeah. and yeah. we're trying to plan to get down there. And like, I, I can't sit still. I have to go. I have to be there. We're planning to go down there. I want to help people in the name of the Lord. Like, yeah. so what do you say to the Christian that's listening to this? That's saying, you know, I just, there's nothing in me that's moving me to, to like go do like, I mean, you know, and, and, I think a lot of Christians want to do because it's what people tell them they need to do, but there's not a passionate love that's burning within them that's motivating them and pushing them into preaching to the lost or, you know, serving people who are in disaster, that kind of thing. So what do you say to that person? Oh, well, what would I say to that person? Um, you're talking about just uh, like homeless ministry, just uh, just, just, just in the general, average church like, yeah, it's yeah. like. Well, this is going to sound a little harsh. I've thought about this, right? We'll have Pocky totally go after you. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not prepared. Pocky will follow yeah. up. Yeah. This is the tough love coming right um, now. You know, because because you know we all no. we all have friends and family and stuff, and I come in contact with a lot of people that just aren't doing anything, and and I haven't said this to them, but I think it a lot, and um, mainly out of just respect and position and, and the. the Concerned about. I throw that disclaimer out there. I haven't told them this. What I think is, um, for, for some of them, you know, question your salvation. If it doesn't match, go ahead and question it. Are you a Christian or are you a churchian? You know, the church is gone tomorrow. Um, what are you doing? Do you just get comfortable and watch Sunday football? Because you're going to have to give an account one day to, to Jesus um, about what you did. And, and um, when you're doing nothing or when it's absolutely comfortable, Go ahead and be nervous. Go ahead and be nervous about that conversation. Um, that's what I would tell you. I mean, just do something, uh, anything. Get get plugged in. Get involved. Um, yeah, but that that's what I would say to them. Go ahead and be fearful about your. Uh, you know, if if you, if your if your life does not match, and you read the Bible and you're like, man, something's wrong here. Yeah. Uh, be nervous about that day you stand before Jesus. Go ahead. Let that burden, pray for a burden to come upon you so that you'll repent and actually godly, start walking out Pray your faith. for a godly sorrow that leads to repentance, hey, not a worldly go. sorrow that leads to death. Amen. Yep, amen. That's, that's yeah, a good word. That's the scripture way to put it. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's in there. So that's what I say. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, just, just because I know that there are, I mean, I know what it's like to be in a season where I just kind of, quite frankly, I don't give a crap. I get, oh, yeah. It's like a dry I get, spell. I get selfish. Yeah. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to be anywhere. I get lazy. And and it happens. And you yeah. get lethargic we're in your humans. Christian walk. Yeah. yeah, we're humans. And I don't think that because I'm lethargic, I'm not a son of the living God. But I also think that because I'm a child of the living God, he chastises those whom he loves and yeah. he reproves his children, right? And those who aren't disciplined are illegitimate children. And so... It, I've I've been there, and I and there's been times where I've like cried out, and and kind of my my urge to people, you find yourself just kind of in this dry place. It's like, man, I just you know I've turned inwardly. I haven't been looking at the lost. I have, you know, it, I think there's a lot of things going on. I think there's identity issues. I think there's lack. You know, I don't know what my gifting is. I don't have a place. Maybe I'm not in an environment of growth. Maybe I don't have a spiritual father. I understand there's a lot of things that can feed into that that kind of person feeling like that. But I think the best thing you can do is cry out to the living God and say, Lord, yeah, change my heart. Amen. Right? Well, you know, where are you going to find them at? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to find them where the hurt is. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where you're going to find them. You're going to find them in service. You're going to find them in pain. You're going to find them in people that need them. You're going to find them in lostness, you know, because that's where he gave all of his time 
You know, I mean, there was a time that he was studying and he was in the synagogues and this and this and that, but we don't, we don't, that wasn't the stuff that made it into the Bible, bro. The, you know, into the, into the gospels, bro. The God, the stuff that made it into the gospels was what he was doing, you know, and I think that if we're on, we're asking an honest question and I'm sitting here while you guys are all talking and I, to be honest, I didn't hear anything you guys just said for the past 10 minutes. Cause I've been sitting here thinking, man, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> because it's the truth, you know what I mean? It is the truth. And so it's like, well, and that's how I've been feeling lately. Cause I just like, man, yeah. I'm so it's, it's been so about me because my life has been about me not i mean i've got a baby on the way i got a i got married i had all this stuff and and that's good those are good things those are blessings from the lord but man sometimes we take the those blessings make us you know lazy and fat dude you know Mm -hmm. and so what i'm we're trying to skim the fat right now and so i i'd say man find where you're because i know what my call is i want i want to you know i want to make the call to the universalist to 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 hinduism to buddhism to all these you know these free world thinkers and state that's my calling that's where i go india you know what i mean you know these places where people are strange you know even you know and i'm strange so but i'm just saying i know where i'm called to but but the but the service man and you know when, and serving the body yes man i mean i completely agree and agree with that but man you got to find him in the service to the lost man you know because we can see yeah. him what are we doing people were talking here about this one thing which is everybody going to their little church on sunday mm-hmm. being there where everybody knows everybody and everybody knows everybody is a Christian and getting service to me and 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 to me every single Sunday. And that's fine. But if you were getting fed, you're like, man, I'm getting charged up, but that charged up better lead to something, right? Just like Rocky's saying, if you're not doing something, you need to really do an evaluation. And so as I evaluate my even myself right now, it's like, bro, I can't, you know, I can't minister to just the body anymore. More, man, because because yeah. I've been doing that for a long time and thinking that that that's all I need to do, you know, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. just not the way that it and is. You know, you know you're yeah. not always you're not always gonna feel like doing it, and that's times you're just obedient. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So we, no, it's good. I I find it interesting that we don't. Casey said it. We don't get insight into how Jesus studied scriptures, but we get all the insight into how he ministered to the lost. Yeah, yeah. that's really interesting. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and I think sometimes people, you know, kind of go off what Casey. They compartmentalize it. It's like ministering to the body and ministering to the lost. They're separate. You can't do both. In reality, I mean, it's all it's all the same, mm-hmm. you know. And so, me and Pocky, we minister to each other. You know, try to minister to other people. Yeah. Um, you guys pouring to us. You know, you're wanting to come back out. It's all the same. It's you yeah. can do it all. It's it's all of the above, not either or. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the biggest things is is there's a fear. Oh yes, and, and absolutely. Fear. And, well, yeah, I mean, and fear that fear is—it's a manifestation of some deeper roots. I think it's lack of identity, just like I said, lack of spiritual father. And so, what I see happening in some instances are people are getting together and they all know each other. They they all know they're Christians, but it's for lack of a better phrase, they're all licking each other's wounds because they've been so hurt. Yeah. And they've been so lost, and they've and, been abandoned and left as spiritual orphans and not cared for. And so. I agree with that. And I also yeah. agree that training needs to happen too, mm-hmm. because I'm a big, big proponent of not letting people minister who who are who are young in the faith. I mean, Paul says it, dude. Don't don't be putting anybody into a position when they're not ready, because lest in their zeal they inadvertently lead others astray. I'm a big proponent. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, oh, you need to get out there right now and go do something. But you need. I mean, it can also it, puff them up. So exactly. Yeah. And so, and training, and the hurts, and things, and people. Are, some people aren't ready to go minister because they've not they've got nothing to give, and, and I understand yeah. that. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm just taking a, a personal mm-hmm. inventory, saying you know I'm not that hurt. 
you yeah. know, because I've been hurt for a long time. Well, you know, I can stop being hurt and start doing something. You know what I mean? Because some people, we like to live in our pain and to, we like mm. to live in that. And because I know that, and that's to me is where I know I've been for the past, you know, 10, 11 years is, yeah. you know what I mean? But to branch out. So I think sometimes often to get through that hurt, you also have to branch out and get outside of that own little world, man, that you're keeping yourself in yeah. right, by branching out into, into other places. Yeah. I, I, I think it, just kind of the encouragement that I might like to leave people with here at the end. You always got to get to the end to get the encouragement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just we. That's we, the way we set it. We up. paint the bleak picture and then we give you the light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel. So we get it. Re- we make the room really dark and then we light the candle. And so um, here's what I would encourage you to do. And this goes back to the power of testimony and the power of story. I think uh, Christianese. Uh, we have a lot of big words that are scary. Um, like testimony and evangelism and ministry, mm. you know, it's like ministry, you know, it's like these, these big words and people get scared of them. It's like, Oh, ministry. Yeah. I'm supposed to minister. I'm supposed to evangelize. I'm supposed to t- share my testimony, you know, like all, all these things. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's all, all work. labor. All but here's scary. the thing. Yeah. Like, let me ask you, I don't want to work. <laughs> let me but. ask you a simple question. Do you, can you tell me about how the Lord has been good to you? Come on. And if you can say yes to that, tell me how the Lord has been good to you. That's it. And that is the statement you share and the story you give to whoever you you come across at any point in time. You look for the opportunity to just testify about the Lord's goodness because this is what Zacchaeus did. This is what the demoniac did. He was set free. He didn't go to seminary. He just told people, Jesus set me free. I had a legion up in me. So I went to 10 cities and told people about being set free by Jesus. Simple story. He wasn't teaching doctrine. He wasn't standing behind the pulpit. He wasn't building a ministry. He was just simply sharing his story. The God of all comfort has comforted you so that you can comfort. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the testimony. Look, I mean, you comfort others the same way you've been comforted, you know? like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tell there's your story, man. You and know that, and that's what that's that's what makes an impact in people's lives is tell your story. You know, one thing I always ask people when they you know meet them for the first time, you know, I ask them what's your story, you know, and then they get into it, you know, and they just yeah. start sharing their testimony. It's know? such a simple yet powerful question yeah. to ask people, like, hey, yeah. tell me about yourself, and that's what we did with Rocky. Hey, tell me what's going on. Right. Tell me about your story. So just know this, that the Lord is already. If he has indeed already moved in your life, he's already gifted you everything that you need to do what he's wanting you to do. But one of the simplest things that you can do is tell people about how he's been good to you. And there's opportunity every which way, right? You can share it on Facebook. That's an easy thing to do, and that might touch some people, but... What about real life, face to face, eye to eye? Man, God is so good to me. That. I'm yeah. not gonna start you on it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Amen. God is good. Yeah. So you can. All day. Chicken is good. God is great. <laughs> so so. Oh. <laughs> Tyler Perry. Jeez. So so I'm so I'm a little challenged now because you can go look up Casey's testimony on YouTube. You can listen to Pocky's testimony a couple episodes back, and Rocky's testesimonies here. And so you guys have yet to hear mine. It's not out there. Amen. I better get on you can't it. See the gr- you can't see the grin on my let's face. Let's see if I can get 162 views on YouTube for my testimony. Testimony coming near you. That's right. We should start some <laughs> testimony podcasts, you know what I mean? Yeah, like man. Give me your story, and then we'll... You know. I love it. I I think that's we can do the, Powerful. the Salty Dogs uh, B-roll Yeah. behind the scenes. 
After or, hours, after or, dark. Or we can just rock and roll every single night, man. There's plenty of people with testimony. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's true. Well, they, if they're willing lock to and load, baby. Podcast yeah. 24-7. All day. <laughs> kind of like the International House of Pancakes, but or, I mean, uh, praise, sorry. Uh, International House of Testimony. Yeah. There's really I hot. Right. I hot. Hot. You want to come on the podcast and share your testimony, let yeah. us know, and we'll make you pancakes. Dude, seriously. <laughs> I'm just it. saying. Hey, I mean, hey, send the email. If you want to be on the podcast, bring it. Okay. And sure, yeah. Because, you know, I'm, I really t- I'm telling you, I mean, if, if you guys do something like that, I really believe my heart, my spirit, man, it's going to encourage the body. It'll, it'll yeah. encourage believers and non believers. Yeah. You know, it gives them hope, you know. Both. Uh, well, and that's what everybody's missing, man. Exactly. You know? I mean, even if even if they won't recognize that they need Jesus, they will recognize, man, I, I, I do need hope. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It is encouraging. Yeah. Sounded like an axiom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And thank you guys so much for being yes, back sir. on. Thank Rocky, for thanks for us. sharing your heart. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Bucky, yeah. thanks for coming back. We love you guys. We're all love about it. Back. Tell us, uh, uh, we talked about it last time, but tell us where we can find you online and then what you guys are doing on Sunday mornings and how maybe people can uh, come support or pray or whatever. Okay. Um, we Our service has started at 1130. Uh, it is, we don't have a physical address because we are outdoors. Um, but we're at the corner of Douglas and St. Francis. There's a little restaurant there called Bite Me Barbecue. We're not affiliated with them, but that's the most prominent restaurant. We are behind them in the alley. Um, so we're pretty low, uh, low tech. You can just show up, introduce yourselves, uh, and get to know us. And I'm sure we'll find something for you to do. That's awesome. And you're on Facebook? Uh, yes, we are. Yeah, Church, Church on the Street, Wichita on okay, Facebook. Great. Yeah. yeah, and then also if people want to give to your ministry... How um, can they do that? Same thing, pretty low tech. Just show up on Sunday and we have our <laughs> Give us a lot of money. cash. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and there's a handful of money. Don't no. tell us where it came from. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we're, we, yeah, there's holes in our game. You know, technology is <laughs> like, one of them. Yeah. Hey, hey, I want to, I want to donate yeah. to your ministry. You smell like Kansas Star Casino, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, you smell like sending hard times. I don't oh know if I can. Oh my gosh. You know. Yeah, that's right. That's you can awesome, reach out man. to us also through Facebook and stuff yeah. and give us, send a message out. You know, how can we, yeah. you know, we donate or something. And Brother Rocky's the one that always responds. Him mm-hmm. and uh, I think Sister Gwen, but mainly Rocky. That's awesome. Yep. Well, so. we love you guys. We're, we're glad you're part of, uh, Part of the brotherhood, man. Amen. It's Amen. it's awesome stuff. Winning people on the streets. It's good. To God be the glory. Casey, the you streets, good, brother? If it's in the streets, you've got to play for keeps. <laughs> <laughs> With that, uh, we love you guys. Later. Later. Peace out. Yes, sir.